I know this is a bit out of the regular order. Usually the soapbox is after the opening little bit, but this week has been anything but ordinary. I feel like this needed to be the first thing you heard. My show is often an exercise in lighter things, meant to distract and engage you away from your day-to-day lives. It's entertainment. And while I think there's a need for that during our tumultuous times, I felt like this week, more than most, I needed to address what has been going on. If you've listened to the show before, you know that this segment is usually about me finding an issue and amplifying my voice using this platform. And if you know anything about me, you know that this part of the show comes fairly easily as I have the ability to, as my wife says, talk the leg off a table. And that's true. I do enjoy talking, and I tend to be a person who talks a lot. I come by it honestly as my birth mother also had the gift of the gap. But this week, I've been struggling for the words. As we are all aware, the peaceful protests that started in the United States and have now taken place all over the world are coming from a deep place of hurt. While the murder of George Floyd by the four police officers in Minneapolis may have been the catalyst, this is not just about that. It is not just about Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, or close to their home, Regis Kurczynski Paquette. This is about a fundamental failing in our current system of society. The list of victims of police harassment and brutality are too long to list because the system is tilted against people of color, even more so against black people. Many are now calling slavery America's original sin, and while I would argue that you need to include the genocide of the indigenous peoples as part of that, the point remains a salient one. A country that purported to offer equal rights to all men did not recognize black people as people for the first half of its existence. The idea that legally abolishing slavery would act as a great equalizer is bullshit. And you can't give a group a 200-year head start and think that it's a fair race. And then to have that system built on the idea that I get mine and you get yours and expect it to be fair or just is ignorant at best and cruel and demeaning at worst. There's a famous Dr. Martin Luther King quote that's been going around that says, rioting is the language of the unheard. I don't want to just focus on those who took the opportunity to riot while the police were dispatched to deal with lawful, peaceful protesters. To me, this is about the famous speech Barack Obama gave where he called for a more perfect union, that which is the goal, to me, of all civilized democracies. We need to strive for a more perfect union between all of us, and the way to do that is by having the courage to both raise our voices against injustices, but to also listen to those who are speaking up. We are not immune to this in Canada. We often like to look down on America and Americans and say to ourselves, well, that's not as big of an issue here. It is. We have a very similar system of anti-Black racism and oppression in this country. And so while it is easy to condemn our neighbors to the South, we need to clean up our own act first. Eurocentrism and the notion of white superiority are sewn into the fabric of our society as well. The only thing I, I see as different is that we might be a bit more open to having some of these discussions. The apology by then-Prime Minister Stephen Harper to the First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people and the Truth and Reconciliation Report were both small steps in addressing some of our racial issues. The fact that we haven't fully enacted them gives us a reflection of how far we haven't come. And we haven't even begun to address our struggles with anti-Black racism. Words without actions are empty and worth about as much as the thing they are printed on. Don't get me wrong, words matter, words are powerful, but they alone don't change things. James Baldwin wrote, I can't believe you when you say, because I see what you do. So while talk is important, 
actions more so. Which leads me back to my voice. For a long time, I believed that my role as a straight white male was to avoid speaking on issues of race because it wasn't my place. I could support, but it wasn't for me to speak up. And I still maintain that the spirit of that is partially true. I cannot and should not speak in place for someone who, to whom I do not share their life experiences. It is not my spot. It is not my place. But my voice, that of the straight white male, has too long been the dominant and only voice heard. And that needs to change. And so it isn't very much on me to stop talking and to listen. Now, I cannot stand silent either. It is not enough to just add my voice to an already vocal group. I have the privilege of working with over 400 children and close to 275 families in my job. I have been entrusted with a position of influence and the responsibility of helping to raise the next generation of society. These are massive responsibilities, and if I truly wanted to live up to them, then I need to help educate them about the social injustices of the world and to listen to their ideas on how to help fix our broken systems. I must also help to amplify those whose voices are not heard. I don't control their speech. I don't control those things, nor should I want to. But I can and I need to make sure that they are heard by more people. Welcome to the DLTO pod. I am Dave Levitt. As you already heard, there's been a bit of a change to the lineup. So here's this week's rundown. On this week's episode, Marco Klobassi returns to the show and we talk about the future of cars and transportation in a conversation I am sure you're going to enjoy. Marco and I then shift gears (laughs) into talking about a secret passion of mine, sports logos, as we break down the top five on the list. As usual, there's a dad joke of the week and another addition to your corn stream. So sit back, Relax, and after a little music, on with the show. Let's take a minute to hear from our sponsors. Hats! Yeah, you probably rocked a ball cap on those days when you were having a quote-unquote bad hair day. But what does that even mean anymore? With you having been forced to ghost your hairstylist, hats have become as important as underwear. Maybe more so. So go on. Tame that tangle upstairs with a hat. Available on the top shelf, you always have trouble reaching. Hello. Hello. Marco Clavassi, welcome to the show. Hello. How's it going? Or better yet. Welcome back to the show, because you are the first two-time guest we've ever had. Return of the King, baby. Ah, <laughs> uh, the return of... The champ is here! The champ is here! Uh, <laughs> good times. So, for those of you who maybe missed Marco's introduction the first time, I'll need, uh, Marco, you did your introduction, so I'm going to do it this time. Uh, Marco Clavassi is my guest. Marco is a teacher... He is, uh, I think I would call you kind of a curious mind. Would I? Would that be right to that, say? That is absolutely correct. Uh, and is a, uh, one, of the, one of the closest things I have to a gearhead in my, in my circle. And I wanted to reach out to him because of the topic I wanted to get into, 
which today is going to be a little bit, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of transportation and maybe even the future of cars and, and cool stuff like that. So Marco, yeah, you, ready, you ready to jump in? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been itching for this conversation all day. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good to hear. So I, the reason I wanted to bring this up is that, you know, one of the positive side effects of all of this uh, lockdowns and shutdowns, there's a lot of negative. We know that. We know that there's a lot of uh, stuff that's going on. And currently all the other stuff, of course, that's going on in our world. But one of the positives that's been going on with this is the planet has actually kind of had a moment to breathe. And they're saying that in some areas, the air hasn't been this clean in almost 50 years. And so I'm wondering if, one, you think that this will inc uh, encourage more people to think about how they use their cars, or do you think that it'll also maybe force societally push us towards more green transportation? And I think I lost you. Yeah, I think I lost you. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, we got you. We got you. Okay. <laughs> so my phone went to sleep. Apparently, that doesn't. The recording doesn't work when the phone goes to sleep. Okay. Good to note. Good note. Um, so, yeah. Good note. So I was just actually thinking about this. You see all those pictures um, of before and afters of, of of very polluted cities and the smog being away and being able to see see like see a clear blue sky. I actually noticed it myself from my balcony. I actually hear birds in the middle of the city, which is fantastic. But I mean, I, I sure hope that being able to, like being able to see the dramatic effect that fossil burning vehicles have on our environment will, I, I wouldn't say change right away, but I think there's a lot more people now thinking about alternative of uh, alternative ways to power our transportation. That being electricity, solar power, or even hydrogen fuel cells. I think that I think the conversation's happening now, because as humans, we need to actually see something happen for us to understand it. Right? We we're not our brains are not about forward thinking, more like survive the day right At, in our evolution but when we see it actually happen when we see the process i think the conversation is going to be a lot more prevalent now that we see the results of what this quarantining and the lack of and, and the reduction of of cars that uh, that are on our roads right now yeah and i wonder too because like for the longest time the narrative around cars was of course that they are a necessary evil and in many places in the world, they were also a sign of rising uh, financial power, right? Like the rise of what they called, quote unquote, middle class and the rise of that ability to get cars, especially in, in countries where previously there hadn't been like cars. So like India, China, many places in Asia, the rise of car ownership or car usage has gone up and what uh, over the last 20, 25 years. And as a result, that was also seen as a sign of, hey, people are more mobile and have a bit more money and there's a rise of, 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 of all that. But we also know that, you know, you add a billion potential drivers in India and another billion in China, and that's two billion more cars that are burning fossil fuels and pumping things out. 
I mean, the electric car is nothing new and everything you said, the hydrogen fuel cells and all this have all been tested and things. But do you think now is the moment where we might actually get serious about it? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I want to be an optimist. I've been, I've been really thinking about, you know, I think everything that's happening in our society today, th- today that people have a clear direction. Like this is helping. Like this is helping our environment. This is helping, this is going to help our, uh, our health. And now that people see it, you know, myself as a millennial, um, you as a Gen Xer, that we've been kind of preaching this, but now that we, that the, like, we had no choice. Now we see the effects. I think there's going to be bigger conversation and more demand. And I think that we got to get, uh, I think the companies are going to get more involved. I mean, they already are, right? You have Ford coming out with a Mustang that's completely electric and it's a CUV, which is to some people is blasphemous. I'm like, you know what? Let's give it a go. Right? They're coming out with a fully electric car, Ford, which is one of the biggest for, uh, companies in the world, you know, all in the desire to, co- to compete with Tesla. You have um, Toyota pushing their hybrid technology for decades, and they're, and they're on the forefront of hydrogen fuel technology. You have um, Kia, of, uh, which has been a, uh, like, just coming from, like, Kia's from the 90s, where everyone said they were, like, just crap boxes, now to what they are now, coming sure. out with... Yeah performance vehicles, performance electri- uh, electric vehicles, like everything like that. So the conversation was already started, but it was a slow conversation. I think this is going to accelerate it completely. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I think, you know, and I, I don't want to wade too far uh, afield from this and get into the politics of it. But I mean, there is a, there is a political element to all this, right? Like under um, the previous government here in Canada, there was a reluctance to necessarily sign on to some of the current climate agreements, but also into, you know, fuel standards and emission standards for cars uh, under the Obama administration in the States. They, of course, the States is obviously, you know, because it's the 800 pound gorilla in terms of both financial might, but also cars like <laughs> they, they themselves uh, were working towards that. And then the, of course the Cheeto got into office and, they all ruled, you know, any, anything that was done before and any regulation had to be pulled back. But I wonder if there's going to be now, like, it's always easy because younger people change things. I mean, let's be honest, the younger generations push older generations into change. It was such with civil rights. It was such with, with you know, gay rights and obviously continuing with that. Um, environmentalism was, you know, like I was the first generation of, of kids that were taught to recycle at school and we brought it home to our parents and now recycling is ubiquitous. And so I'm wondering yeah. if there's going to be a rise of people of, like you said, you're a millennial. So of your generation who are going to demand, because we already saw car ownership was kind of going down in that generation. There was a lot of the rise of the car share now with COVID-19 and the rise of, of pathogens is that I don't know that we're going to be as comfortable hopping in and out of Ubers and hopping in into cars that we shared. But I do wonder if that energy will be turned into, hey, you need to make an affordable car and you need to make standards that are efficient that help save the planet. Yeah, 
I mean, like, for just to give you an example, I don't want to own a gas-powered car as my next new car that I want to buy. I want it either to be a combination of hydrogen fuel cell uh, and battery power or fully electric or whatever other alternative power source that car is going to have, right? You know, you're speaking to me that I, I drive a electric car and not electric car, but a gas-powered car, but I also have like an old 1982 motorcycle that I love. I love the sound of the engines. I love supercars and, and, and the wine of V8 and V6s and V12s and just all that performance stuff. I love that, right? Like being a petrol head or a gear head, you just, you love those sounds, right? It's just, it's kind of like ingrained. Uh, oh yeah. Being, a, being, a, being like a car a car person. Sure. But that, we're the same, that is something else. Yeah. Same time. They're not, they're not good. And Ferrari now has come out with a plug-in hybrid. Their next big supercar, like this is Ferrari, the, you, you know, the ubiquity, the ubiquity of, of sport and performance and power has come oh, out with yeah. a plug-in hybrid. They've literally, they've literally taken the concept of Toyota and the Prius and have put it into their company, right? You yeah, have and with, company and with, and with Ferrari, sorry to, to interrupt, but yeah, with Ferrari, yeah. I mean, that's such a, such a, and that's such a shift because that is definitely a luxury brand. I mean, and we all saw the the stories and, you know, the, the legend of Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari grows, but for, for a company that is as detailed specific and it's like, we're not going to put anything out unless we feel a hundred percent behind it and that it's going to live up to the quote unquote Ferrari name. That's huge. Yeah. That's that. I think that's a turning point. Like you see it right now, like see that momentum was already happening before uh, COVID-19 and before the quarantining, but I think it's just going to push it even further and further. Like personally, uh, me as a, as a gearhead, I want to see, I want to see other forms of power being put into cars. And let's be real. I mean, there's only like a 12, like a 12 or 15% efficiency rate of fossil fuel cars. So 12% of the power potential power of this of this fuel is making it to the wheels right electricity is it, um battery powered cars are instantaneous torque higher efficiency rates um hydrogen is not as efficient as um as um battery powered cars but still much more than 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 just uh you know traditional fossil fuel uh cars so the performance is there. Like um, Riventon, I think it's called Riventon. I think they're uh, a company out uh, out of Europe. They have made a fully electric sports slated wow. to be the fastest, like sla- fastest in the world. Uh, right, like highest performing car. You have companies coming from all over the place, just showing off their. Um, showing off their technology. Audi just won Pikes Peak, which is one of the most premier uh, hill climb races with a fully electric uh, with a fully electric car. So the performance, the the power, everything is there. The problem at the very moment is the capacity, the length and amount of time. Nothing comes close to filling your uh, filling your gas tank up and driving for five to 550 to 
600, 700 kilometers now with the efficiency rates of, of, of some of the cars. Yeah, right? no, of batteries, course. Batteries and, are still managing maybe 250 miles, which is roughly 450 kilometers, um, um, right? So um, I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a push to better the technology. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think that's probably where we're going to have to see it, right? Because I think two things I think are going to hold us back. The first will be the uh, the technology itself, because we do have to have them balance out. We do have to have them um, connect in some way to at least compare, sit in the same ballpark as some of the, the gas cars. Another thing is I think that's holding the things back, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think is 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 cost, because the t- the amount of startup cost to get this out. Like, I've had this discussion with uh, my brother drives a uh, a Tesla. Now he drives the entry mm. model, base model. I don't know what that's co- what what letter the that model, is. The Sorry, the, the Model Three. Yeah, so he drives a basic, uh, t- but still sets him back almost you know 38 grand and canadian now what that does you know is that takes that car right out of the the entry model right so anybody who's coming online and getting their, their car or getting a first car or buying a car is going to automatically take us out of that the prius is not that much different in terms of price and so i'm wondering if you if you could tell us a little bit about what you think is going to get us over the hump. Do you think it's government money to subsidize? Do you think we're going to need to do it like that? Or do you think that you don't, if there's enough demand, that'll just pull the the technology, like the cost down? Honestly, demand. And probably still government intervention, which is which would always be, be nice, but demand. We have to demand it. Because the more we demand, the more these companies, the companies are going to manufacture. And the more they manufacture the better the prices are going to be, right? So there's an analogy. So what's really cool, I listen to, because um, I'm, again, anything with an engine, at, right? I listen to a fighter, fighter pilot podcast. And when they talk about when they're selling or creating um, fighter jets, they want to sell it to as many as possible because as, as they sell more and more, the price per unit goes down. So right sure. now, Right now, the electric car, although it's riding, it's a very small segment, and so it costs more to make. That's why we have such high base prices, right? Starting from thirty-eight to forty-five thousand dollars. But the more that they build those economy-style cars that are fully electric, the more that they produce, the more they can become efficient with their manufacturing process, those unit costs will go down. But the only way that's gonna happen is if we demand that gasoline power engines are no longer good enough, not in our society, not with the information we know, we can't be ignorant to the fact that environmental issues, although it's not all the car's fault, they do have a big part to play. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, which brings me to the other question of transportation around like public transit. Obviously public transit is having a going to have a rough go of it for the next little while. I don't think the idea of cramming onto a subway is too appealing to most people right now and probably won't be for the next little while, but eventually we are going to get back to that and we are going to need that 
I mean, from an environmental point of view, but also for in terms of simply not everybody can have a car and not only not everyone should have a car in uh, in in getting around, especially cities like you live down in a downtown in a major North American city. I mean, traffic is bad uh, at the best of times. So uh, can you talk a little bit about what you think the future of mass transportation might be? Well, I think the the future of mass transportation is it has to be convenient. Right now, a lot of a lot of cities, except for a few, don't really have good infrastructure. Like we live in one of the biggest cities in the world. is It's on top tens, top twenties all the time. But our public transportation infrastructure, let's be real, it sucks. Yeah, let's be yeah, yeah. And uh, shout you know. (laughs) Shout out to the TTC drivers. This is not a knock on the on the TTC no, employees. No, not at all. This not is at a, all. This, this is a systemic everything to do with our, everything yeah. to do with people that are in government that have to yeah, make this, things this is a for no reason. Ish, uh, generational by generational issue of the fact that, quite frankly, we didn't take tr- public transit seriously. We didn't build it properly, and that goes on no. every. I don't care if you what political stripe you are. That goes to everybody. Yep. We have dropped the ball in, uh, yeah. in Ontario. I'll, I'll, I'll say it in Canada. I think the Canadian yep. mass transportation system has always been super f- focused on car and not necessarily on bigger pieces. Yeah, because they never thought that the, the city was going to grow at the rate that it's, it's growing. So now it's easier. I think it's oh, it's easier to build for the future than building to catch up to the future because it's just going to be damn expensive. Right. So I think I forgot it. Um, somewhere in the South Pacific, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a city that literally built these massive highways for the potential population that they were going to have, not for the population they had now. So there's these massive eight lane highways going one way so a 16 lane highway that supports a population that they don't have yet are thinking a forward thinking to the idea of building for what we're going to have not what we have and Mm. that was the problem with with toronto right that's why me working about 25 kilometers like a 25 kilometer drive will take me close to two and a half three hours to get to my school that's one way sometimes yeah, right? and I know. Yeah, and I know you, and I know how much you love to drive. But that's not driving. Mm-hmm. That's not pleasurable. So I know that uh, in conversations that we've had um, before, and I think you and I are similar in this way. If there was a transit option, I would take it every now and again. I don't think I would. I don't think I could take it all the time, given the nature of what uh, I do and what you do, and all the extra material. But I'm sure that if there were, if there was an option, you and I would probably be taking transit to our workplace more often. Absolutely. And I was actually, I was actually calculating, looking to see where, like, if I could take it like once or twice a week, right, you know, do my part for the environment, but also do my part to, to a suggestion that that happens within major cities, but it's Mm -hmm. just not feasible. I would, I would have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning just to get to school just on time. Right. And that's not that's not a reasonable or expectation for you. And again, I'm uh, it should be prefaced that we we're privileged enough that we can afford a car. We have access to cars. Lots of people have to travel further for much longer and all that. 
but that, yeah. but that but, furthers the proof that furthers the point i think that we're trying to make mm-hmm. is that our transit system has not grown with our city no and the future of transportation is having the infrastructure mm. expanding subways um like I love buses, I love streetcars. You know, like they they give like the streetcar gives character to the city, kind of like the San Francisco San Francisco trolley, right? But they are they are causers of more traffic, of more congestion, especially in in one lane streets that you have to share the track with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ups, the on and off, the danger for some of the pedestrians because cars don't pay attention to 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 the signs, right? But like subways are the more efficient route, but there are more they're the most expensive, and it's now even more expensive when you're trying to build for for the overcapacity that we have now. Mm. So it's it's infrastructure and expansion. It has to be, especially for. Again, not for someone who is privileged enough not only to have a car, but afford a motorcycle, right? Um, but for people that rely on public transportation, that's the future of transportation. Whether it's electrified, whether it's hydrogen, which we do have buses that are both hydrogen mm-hmm. um, power with electricity and fully electric, uh, fully electric um, buses or a combination of diesel electric, right? We do have that technology on the road. We don't have the infrastructure to support the demand that people need for public transportation. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I mean, before this quarantine happened, there was just such a high demand. Absolutely. And to be honest, I think we're going to get back there because, again, especially given the financial realities of the fact that so many people may have lost their job and may not be able to afford a car. We're going to need to figure out how to make that work and really how to, how to have a real conversation. And I think it's time for us to have an adult conversation about it. Too often it is, it's tied to the whim of the, of the government of the day and the politics around it. You know, no, enough is enough. We have to just say, no, this is, this is our sustainable goal. This is, this is what's going to make our, uh, us great you know, 20, 40, 50 years from now. And we have to have mm-hmm. some of that foresight. I do want to just... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so I, just, I just want to say one point. And people who like, you know, big booms and loud cars in the future, and I'm more than willing to do this, is you have to pay a premium for it. You're going to pollute. You're going to use this old technology because you feel like that you like it. Well, you're going to pay a premium for it. And I'm willing to do that, right? I love my motorcycle, but it's from the 80s. It's probably the worst polluter pr- polluter out of any vehicle that I'll be around, right? That small little 600cc engine is the worst polluter because it's from the 80s. And we knew in the 80s, they just got rid of unleaded fuel. So if you want if you want a nice loud car that does thousands of explosions um, a minute, then you pay a premium for it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I want to just end this part of the conversation because we do have a really cool topic for the list. Uh, but oh, I do yeah. want to. Uh, I do want to just uh, just ask you something. It might be ridiculous. Have you watched Westworld? Have you seen this uh, Westworld? I am ashamed to say no. I got to get ah. myself mentally prepared. 
for for Westworld. There's so many there's so many things on my list that I got to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. And I you know, uh it, it's not for everybody, but I know you and I know you would you would kind of dig it. Okay, so let me go back. And this is not thing, not too too new. Although we did see uh something very similar in um the the Hobson Shaw movie that you and I saw together. Yeah. Shout out oh, yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out Hobson Shaw. Um yeah. but <laughs> In that, the motorcycle, and the same thing was used in uh, in Westworld. The motorcycle uh, basically dro- drove itself. You could you 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 rode on it, and cars were are driverless, and basically it's just a passenger. It's just a, a passenger vehicle, and you program it and whatnot. Now we know that the drivable self driving cars are are around. Do you actually think that that's the future of driving, or is this kind of a cool thing that we're trying to test it out? Because I know guys like you. And me to a lesser extent, but definitely guys like you are really going to miss being able to control the vehicle. Yeah, but the thing is, we are we already kind of partially halfway there. Like rideshare, we call it up. We don't drive; we're just passengers. So the mindset is already there. I personally, I cannot, I can't let go of having the control of the car just because it's just me, but. I think this future's inevitable. Inevitable. It's it's gonna come whether we like it or not, right? So the are we future are of- be like a, like a, like iRobot or a Minority Report. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's definitely gonna be an iRobot. But I don't think uh, if if anything, if the, the depending on the speed car, uh, the speeds the car goes and things like that, and the advancement of AI and driverless technology, I don't think we're going to have the ability to uh, pull a Will Smith and be like, I want to take manual control at 150 to 200 (laughs) kilometers an hour. I wouldn't trust myself. (laughs) Right? No. So I hear you. I hear you. I think personally, I don't like it because uh, again, I'm personally the person that wants to control the machine. I have that connection to it. And that's why I, I love my motorcycle. Um, because you're like, I think that's the closest you can be to being able to be like kind of one with the machine. Um, uh, you know that corny <laughs> that corny saying that I just said there, um, but no, I think it's I, inevitable. I'm, yeah. I'm a futurist as well, right? Like you got to understand that if you push back against the technology that's coming your way, you're just gonna steamrolled. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. All right, so there's not a great segue. I'll do my best, but you know, you talked to just there about uh, things that you know that we we love and are and are nostalgic for and uh, that's a great way i think to talk about the topic for this week's list are you ready to jump in on that oh yeah man i i did so much research and i i did a i did a good array i did a good nice. array of nice nice well this week's topic on the list is we're going to talk about our top five sports logos um i have to say you know i love this topic i know you love this topic and now I'm wondering, I, the only things I'm second guessing is like, we're talking about something in, inherently visual on an audio only medium, but whatever, <laughs> we'll jump in. Exactly. Uh, you can, and, and, and hello, you, there's a thing called the internet. Al Gore invented it. We're ready to go. You can, you can look. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to be as, I'm going to be as detailed with the title as possible. So you can go look. <laughs> there, there you go. All right. So. Uh, well, I, will paint, I will paint you a mental picture. Oh, that's beautiful. There you go. The Picasso of the mind. 
Exactly. Uh, okay, so the, just uh, before we jump in, I, you and I talked briefly about this. You went far and wide. Like you went all kinds of sports. You went all out of North America. You went around the world, didn't you? Uh, I wouldn't say around the world. I wanted to go around the world. I was thinking about incorporating F1 logos. I was in, uh, thinking about incorporating um, uh, cricket logos. Um, uh, but I was having trouble. Like a lot of them are like very national. So like F1 logos are very... I'll say they're boring, right? Because there's a lot of yeah. Red Bull teams out there. And it's really just the Red Bull logo, which is a cool logo, but I wouldn't consider that a sports, a synonymous sports logo. Right, sure, what yeah. I did, what I did do is I try to incorporate, you know, college sports. Um, and be, like I basically incorporated NFL, NBA, lacrosse, and esports. So I try oh, to do e-sport. like a, a, hey. yeah, I try, I try to do a, a very good variety. I'm an old man, so I don't like esports. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not sports. You're sitting down and twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, yeah, until I see how much <laughs> they make, and then I'm like, damn it, my kid is going to learn how to do this. Um, yeah, just, just, just to let you know, uh, um, what is it? Uh, StarCraft uh, competitions get more, get, get more prize money than most uh, uh, professional North American sports, just saying. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that is, yeah. The future is now. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I professional baseball players with their own personal hand masseuse. Yeah. Good point. Uh, <laughs> I stuck mostly to the big uh, four North American sports as well, uh, and, and 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 of course I dipped into the uh, college sports. There's something about sports logos that are just so much fun to you know look at and check out and the evolution of them. Um, I don't know about you. I'm going to tell a little story here. When I was a kid, I used to try and draw alternate logos. Now I'm not a terrible drawer. So I actually got my friend Ross, um, who was our next door neighbor, who was a super artist. And what I would do is I would get him to, I would, I would like, okay, I think we should do this and this that. And then he, he would like draw, draw it out. And then we would have it. And we ended up doing like alternate logos for like every league all the time. Um, so I'm, I'm obsessed with this stuff. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I love it because it just, it kind of built that team aspect, that community aspect. Like you kind of have that one type of unity kind of like, it's, I love it. I, I, I'm, I'm a person that's played every, every single team sport under the sun. So I, yeah. I love these logos. And it's just All like, right. it's just kind of like, it, it, it goes to our like six-year-old heart of, of yeah doodle. yeah always doodling all these weird kind of symbols and and logos and and everything like that so and and you, and you always wanted to be a part of it like right? if you like the team that logo is representative of the thing and you're like i'm part of it now like i'm connected to it right exactly okay what's your number five my friend so a lot of my logos i kind of <laughs> this is kind of funny i i hate logos that tell you oh you know we're we're a baseball team, so we're going to incorporate a baseball so we know for sure that we're a baseball team, right? So <laughs> I try to that don't incorporate those things, except sure. for my number five, which I completely contradicted myself, is the Raptors logo. So I'm Toronto born and raised. I'm, I'm, I love it, but it's the 1995 logo. This is oh, pure nostalgia for me. Yeah. 
pure, pure, pure nostalgia with the royal purple, the black, the grays. Like it's as 90s as you can have it, right? But it's also just cartoonish. It's not, it was nothing like the logos during that time. Right? Yeah, no, Again, it was the, iconic. The, the chapters were created because of Jurassic Park and they wanted to get kids to like the team because they were into dinosaurs. So they're like, call it the Raptors, right? So yeah. it was the yeah. joke of the town for many decades, right? Oh, yeah. So for, for the longest time, and in some cases, unfortunately, still people think it's a joke, even though we are currently the champions right now. So let's just say. Yep. But I love, I love it because they, they just, the the angularness, the geometric shape to it, the color scheme, which is just kind of like all over the place, like a <laughs> royal purple with gray. You wouldn't think that would work, but it's just, it's pure 90s. Yep. Um, oh, I yeah. Love the Raptor well, in its mid. Yeah, and that and that's, that logo is the best of the 90s NBA logos. When they all kind of redid it, right? The Hawks did it with that spread. uh, uh one the grizzlies with their version i mean there are so many uh uniforms that post 95 post that raptors one and everyone saw the sales of it and everyone went whoa and if you go back if you google and uh you know uh you can find it just look google 90s nba logos and it's your your bang on and that's a great great one to start i'm gonna go classic with my number five and that's not and it's not just because i'm a i'm a big irishman but the university of notre dame with the the gold helmet and the little um, shamrock with the ND in it, I think is is classic. That was one of my that was one of my top picks too. But then I I uh, I already had a uh, an NCAA team on there. But yeah, I love that. I aesthetically one of the best uniforms. It's Those, it's beautiful. Yeah, the gold. Mm. Yeah, and, and the great thing about it is every town has a Notre Dame high school, right? Like, everywhere you go, there's at least one Notre Dame Catholic high school, and you know that they're wearing that uniform. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. And greatest greatest sports movie slow clap ever and walk off the field, Rudy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rudy, Rudy. Yeah, it's amazing. I love, and I love... My coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love what I love too about that is, and and it, it's an aesthetic that I think that kind of translates to all of it. Is it's to all of my picks? They're simple, mm-hmm. but you immediately they're they're recognizable from like 30, 40, 50 feet away. You can be like, oh, that's a Notre Dame thing. Oh, that's a whatever. That's what I think is great. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. What's your, it's anonymous. Yeah. What's your number four? Okay, my number four is Michigan State Spartans. I uh, uh, like yes, yeah, man, the Spartan helmet. It's identifiable. You know, it's a Spartan helmet with the nose guard, with the with the shape of the helmet, with the big, as people call it, broom brush type thing on the top of it. I yep. love it. I'm also a history buff, and I did a lot of I studied a lot of classical history and like the stories about the Spartans. It's just like, it's just synonymous with, you know, that idea of defense and opposition and, and kind of like, like, hurrah, like, you know, military, like when you think of the Spartans, you think of all the Navy SEALs, special forces, things like that. Like, that's how it's connected. 
yeah, that big, powerful, you know, we're yeah. together and we work to, yeah, it's great. I love that logo yeah. too. And especially the white against the dark green, that forest green. Oh yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Classic. It's fantastic. In fact, you know, it's funny in my quarantine uh, shopping uh, that I've done, I actually have been, uh, I've collected a fair number of sneakers and hoodies. Uh, big surprise there. Right, Marco? Um, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Dave's like, wow, Dave's bought sneakers and Dave bought hoodies. That's a surprise, said no one. Um, but I picked up uh, a green Nike uh, Michigan State uh, hoodie, beautiful hoodie with the with the logo oh, just nice. in the center. That's nice. You know what? I, yeah. I, another logo that I really like is the Oregon State, if we're thinking about it, right? Like the simple <laughs> O with that, nice, with that nice kind of goldish yellow it's not fully gold but it's kind of like uh like a like a has hints of orange gold and metallic into it and that has it on that forest green background like very yeah. like both very, both very nice aesthetics yeah it's it's nice it's clean but it's powerful and it's recognized yeah it's fantastic so i'm going to jump to my number four and my number four is the edmonton oilers classic 1980s logo the blue oh, the and the circle. orange the, the circle with I the workers and the and the orange drip. Oh yeah, you know, uh, best years. Wayne Gretzky, Marlo, uh, Mario, not Mar- um, not Mario Lemieux, Mark, um, Mark Messier, Mark Messier, Mark Messier, Curry, yeah. Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhr, all of it. Oh yeah, 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 amazing. And what I like about that is, I mean, they went away from it in the again in the '90s where they did where they had Todd McFarlane, the guy who did Spawn, did their did that weird logo where it was like an oil an oiler with a wrench trying to like tighten I didn't the. That. I didn't uh, mind that. Oh, I know it, you. You have you. Yeah, I didn't mind that. I like that. But I like but that they brought the oil, the classic one back, and now there's like a, a slightly updated version, and like Connor McDavid and, and and those guys are wearing it now because I just love that logo. I think it it's just so cool, mm-hmm. and it's and you know it speaks to the time, right? Yeah, like the 1980s where they were kind of throwing out those weird color schemes, very neonish kind of colors with very kind of plain kind of um background colors and it just made things pop yeah absolutely i i and as i said um plus i think growing up you know i'm born uh, not the exact year but i'm but this i share the same birthday as uh, wayne gretzky so i always had an affinity for gretzky because i'm like hey he's awesome and he's born on the same day as me oh, this is awesome and so and again as a kid you know gretzky with that that weird helmet that he had that weird jofa helmet in that in that blue with the orange uh shoulders on the jersey fantastic fantastic and when you say helmet and i'm throwing a head air quotes helmet is kind of more like a paper mache with some with some blue inside of it (laughs) how he didn't get his head his bell rung i don't know i guess maybe dave snickle also also it's like it was during that time you just you don't you don't touch the stars not like today the stars got, got targets on their back yeah that's true good point good point okay buddy what's your number three all right so this is more kind of like what is represented but i have the now they're called las vegas but i'm calling them the oakland raiders the oakland oh. raiders football. dude that is my number three as well 
oh, we're going to have a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, phenomenal. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely. I love the Oakland Raiders. Like, that was, like, I mean, I'm a Broncos fan now, um, but uh, when I was younger, I love, like, I always had an affinity for, for the Raiders, right? The black, the white, and the gray. I mean, you look at the symbol, you're like, what does that even mean? You got, <laughs> you got, you know, sabers coming across. You got some guy wearing an old timey leather, like leather head uh, football helmet with an eye patch. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's all, it's all kinds of mixed up. Oh yeah. It's, it's weird, but it just works. It works so well, but it's also what I kind of like what the Raiders um, represent. Yes. And it's, it's actually been, it's actually been documented too. What what's really cool was I just read a book called I Wear the Black Hat by um by uh, Chuck Klosterman. Oh, I think I've read, I think I've read parts of this book. Yeah, it's it's a series of essays and he yes. he does an essay on the Oakland Raiders, but also he connects it to NWA, which were like they always wore Oakland, like that's the, when they're at the height of their popularity. And they kind of the Oakland Raiders were the villains of the, of the NFL and the oh, owner yeah. purged that. Oh right? yeah. And so yeah, Al Davis was, was all about that. Yeah. And, and he encouraged the uniqueness, right? You can have, you know, some really um, tough, tough dudes had substance abuse issues to someone who didn't care about that and wanted to go fishing the whole weekend. Yeah. So like it's it's kind of like that background. They've always been that kind of the quote unquote villain of the NFL. And yeah, and they, they were the bad boys. The bad boys, exactly. And they and they kind of had that. Um, and their their symbol kind of represents that. They got the shield with the the sword, the pirate swords, essentially, right? Sabers, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're synonymous, they're synonymous with rogues and and people who don't follow the rules that go against the grain that that push against the status quo just because who cares about following the status quo when you can be unique. So it's, it's kind of like, I love the weirdness of the symbol, but I also love kind of the, um, the legend and the story that has been built up around, has been built up around this symbol. What was cool about it too, especially if you're, you know, if you're at any point have been a teenage boy is the idea of rebellion, right? The idea of like, that's yeah, no, no, no. Uh, this is cool. This is the thing. And the cool thing about the Raiders, and again, like like Klosterman says in his essay about um, about it and NWA and the symbol of that, is that 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 outlaw were kind of bad, but you know who gives an f attitude is very appealing, mm-hmm. uh, and it kind of thinks. But then when you add to it too that the Raiders, like you said, the team took on that identity because of Al Davis, but. Just as a logo, it was uh, it, it was always a symbol of those things that were a little bit dangerous and a little bit cool and a little bit edgy, while still being a sports logo of a billion dollars, you know, sports team. So I think you're right. I think it's fantastic because you and I picked the same one. I'm actually going to. I had I kind of had like a tie between this, and you'll know this because of my own uh, bias towards this team, but. I actually really like the Red Sox, not the not the B, but the double the double Red Sox, just the two Red Sox yeah. hanging. And I've always yeah. liked that that logo. Just and so I'm going to dump that as kind of like a three A. Um, I think that the Red Sox logo, um, that alternate logo, is so cool. It's a little bit playful. 
it, you know, it's obviously the team it's we're called the Red Sox, but I just like, I just think that again, like it's one of those things where you're like, Oh, if I saw that on a t-shirt or if I see that on a hat or something, I'm like, that's cool. That, and it can show, it looks good on the gray. It looks good in the blue. It looks good on the red, white. It's just, just kind of a cool logo. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the new Yankees, right? Like you got the new, like the, the, the typography, right. It's so synonymous. It's just, it's there. And it, it, it's kind of like uh, it can be put anywhere. Right. Yeah. Now, of course you're talking to a, a Red Sox fan about the Yankees, so I can't say anything <laughs> nice about it, but. <laughs> Listen, man, I'm a Jays fan, so I, I could care less for, for Boston or New York. I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I think I'm more of a Jays fan the longer I've lived here. Um going like you know liking the local guys and wanting the local team to be to be good so i'm 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 slowly getting peeled away towards the jason and you know we'll do another talk about the what are what we think the jays future looks like because i think it's pretty good i think it's really good too i think i mean people got angry i know we're going off tangent here but got a lot of got a lot of people got angry at all the trades that happened but our farm system has been rebuilt and yeah we're good for quite a few seasons yeah and i really hope that we'll maybe um you know in the future you and i can talk about actual baseball being played this year fingers crossed okay so what's your number two nba NBA is back baby nba is back the nhl is coming back we're gonna be well you know august we'll be having an excuse to to not go outside uh once again besides you know fear of uh, other people okay what's your number two Okay, so my number two, okay, which probably most people won't know if unless you're a lacrosse fan, is called the Chrome Lacrosse Club. So it's a new it's a new um, division called the PLL, Professional Lacrosse League, and they primarily do field lacrosse, which is very not totally, but very uh, more a little bit more traditional to the uh, First Nation style of lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you, you got defensemen with these six-foot poles. You got attackers, you, everything like that. But so this, this team is called the Chrome Lacrosse League. It's uh, aesthetically, it's the most pleasing. So they actually went for trying to find colors that were, some, like, were, were very popular in the 80s. So they have this pale blue aqua for their, for their um, uh, main color with hints of neon pink. And the symbol is a tr- upside down triangle or a triangle that the, the top point's pointing down with this kind of weird looking helmet. How can I say this? Um, do you know? Do I know? Sorry, you cut out there. Do you know Ultraman? Like the, the oh, helmet yeah. of Ultraman? Yes. So it, they have this very, alt, like this combination, like a love child between Ultra, Ultraman and like a Spartan helmet with this like long kind of antenna coming up from the middle with these with these bright pink kind of bird or angel wing off the sides, kind of like Hermes, like Hermes little wing feet mm-hmm. there. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, even, or even old school Thor helmet. Nice. Dude, yeah. this sounds awesome. So I'm going to check. So Chrome Lacrosse League. Chrome Lacrosse League. So it's just like okay. aesthetically, it's just, it's just so cool. It's just, it just, it just, it got to the 10 year old inside of me, like just right to the heart. I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly what I would love. Like the, the typography, the yeah, way yeah, it looks, yeah. the name yeah. of the team is called Chrome. Yeah. <laughs> I well, love it. it. It almost has to have like a, 
like a little electric guitar, like like every time you say it. Oh, right? like yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like it's it has this like like Vice, um, a Miami Vice type of nineteen eighties kind of Scarface feel to it. So you can you can really say that this logo is rad. Oh yeah, it's totally rad. It's totally rad. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so my number two, not nearly as, although you can kind of say it's 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 kind of similar. In, it's the San Diego Chargers bolt. It's that electric bolt against the white helmet. You know the one I'm talking about? Oh, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you know they have the powder blue uniforms. It can be the, the sometimes it's on the shoulder, but the helmets are white, and they have that 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 like beautiful yellow gold. Um, thunder like lightning bolt just right across and has the blue outline to it i i'm not a chargers fan never have been don't really care whatever but that logo that powder blue uniform that white helmet that yellow it's just so cool so cool yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I like that too. It's kind of like it's, I have the same affinity for that uh, for the Seahawks and their yeah. neon green um, alternate jerseys. It's just like aesthetically, they're like they're bright. It's out there. It's it's unique. It's not kind of like the the shade <laughs> no shade parade as I call it. Like oh yeah, absolutely. It's like that. Well, look, I'm finally glad that like jumping back to baseball. That baseball used to always be white at home, gray on the road, right? And you get the little bit of dash of color would be the hat because whatever the color team. But every team was either red, blue, or some variation of navy or light blue. Like that was it. And so the uniform – and now that baseball is allowing the colored jerseys and the third jerseys and they're just kind of mixing it up, it's a little bit like that. But football has always had those really cool colors and being able to kind of check it out. Right. I, yeah. And especially the NFL, they've really done a good job with that. It's one of the few things I can say nice about the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There's, there's not much, there's not, there's not a lot of good things to say about the NFL. I listen, you and I are both fans. We both love yep. the game, but it's, I think yep. uh, I speak for both of us when I say I like the game despite the NFL, <laughs> like the league yes. office. Exactly. Uh, I think everyone can say that, even with the NHL or any big or any big business, like the game. Yeah, we we can we can take big business out of it. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, the politics of the NFL and some of their owners. Yes. No, I know. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's greasy. It's really greasy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a great term. That's a great way to explain. Okay, Prahal, we've reached the summit. Number one sports logo on your list. Okay, this is where the esports come in. This is a, um, a professional Call of Duty uh, team called the Florida Mutineers. It's just so cool. So I'm a big Cthulhu fan. I'm a big kind of um, a Kraken, like, Lovecraft. like like Lovecraftian, like you know all that kind of stuff. So their logo is the Mutineers. It, it has this Cthulhu-looking kind of Davy Jones um, octopus head with like tentacles coming down like the beard has the red eyes has the um the m is in the style of like one of those old pirate hats right the big oh the yeah big yeah, brim, yeah. Big the, like the, the three corner the, hats uh yeah yeah exactly kind of like the three corner hat so like the it's designed into the uh, uh the m for mutineers and it's really cool and it has this very kind of kind of 
hexagonal type of look, elongated hexagon. So it's it's very clean, it's very neat, and I love it because it's just it like it, it's definitely a logo you can see anywhere. You can see it in the NHL, you can see it uh, in the NFL, you know, Major League Soccer, things like that. So it's 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 a very unique. It's it's very close to the aesthetic Raider symbol, right? Oh yeah, kind of yeah yeah yeah. Like a nice synonymous kind of shield type style to it. So it's 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 really cool. It's really cool. So the Florida Mutineers has a great color scheme. It has kind of like this moss, not mossy green, but like a little bit lighter than mossy green and like just in your face red, which is which is awesome. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So I yeah. went complete completely different from you. I went old school to a team that doesn't even exist right now. Mm-hmm. And my number one choice is the Hartford Whalers. I knew, it. I knew. <laughs> with the Whalers. You do. Because oh, it's, I, I don't know how, I'm, I'm sure I, we've talked about this before, you and I. Um, I love that logo. It's so cool. I love it. It's so cool because it's so simple. It's so obvious that you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, but it's, But it's so distinct and awesome and even towards like there's the there's the there's the road one that they had on the green jerseys where it was just white and then on the white jerseys they had that the w was green but the 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 tail was blue so you kind of got some different colors going into it but it was always instantly like oh that's the whalers that's the hartford whalers and then you know and then they and then when you find out that 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 it's the it's the whale tail in the middle yeah. of the symbol, you never, you never not notice it anymore. Kind of like the arrow in the FedEx symbol. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, what, and, and again, the, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, like if you, if you were a fan of the Hartford Whalers, you liked it, but otherwise like the team itself, I, I don't know anybody who was like, Oh yeah, those Hartford Whalers. Cause they they were just always that sort of like a meh team, right? They were never that great. They never really, you know, took a real run at the Stanley cup until they went down to Carolina and got lucky against Edmonds, you know, like that kind of run, but, but that symbol, that, that shirt, that t-shirt, you know, that cap was iconic, just amazing, you know, and if you can ever track one down, they're, they're just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like it was just such a unique symbol. It, it, it was, it, it was just so geometric. There wasn't like, it wasn't kind of like, Oh, this is what it is. You know, that this, like, this is the, this is the Raiders helmet. This is, um, you know, the, the Denver Broncos, it was, oh, you kind of really had to look at it. You really had to kind of analyze it. Everything, everything that represented it was hidden in the way it was yeah. designed, which yeah, was it really was kind of subtle way. Yeah, it was kind of subtle that way. So I really dig, dig it. Um, Marco, do you have one that was like a rejected, like the abs- like this logo is trash and we should never see it again? Do you have one of those? Oh, um, I got I got one that start like I mean there's lots, but I have one that sticks out to me. There's lots. Uh, I think people are gonna hate me for this, but I absolutely and I might I might be getting the teams mixed up, but I think it's the um, L.A. Dodgers that freaking weird baseball head guy. I oh, think. are you talking about? Uh, no, I think you mean like the bait where there's. 
the baseball it's this the old cincinnati reds one had that like baseball helmet uh head like he had a head for baseball yeah. and uh a baseball, and he had a mustache was, yes it was that right yeah. they had one of those they had one of those uniforms oh my gosh that's cincinnati, yeah you're right that's a that was okay absolute, it, that's it, it, it was yeah it was cincy and i hated it I, every time i saw it i'm just like it's just it's so weird it should be it's like it should be at the. It should be a mascot for an ice cream parlor. Like that's where it's yeah. appropriate. Absolutely, Johnny Pringles doesn't need to be throwing fastballs. Like it's get it out of here. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My my trash trash logo throw it away. And thankfully they have. Do you remember for a couple of years? I think it was the late nineties, early two thousands. The New York Islanders changed their logo. The first logo, the original logo, is great. You know, the circle with the N and the Y and. Y becomes a hockey stick. That's great. That's classic. It's beautiful. But then they go and they put out that fisherman one. Do you remember that one? Where it's like they had like a. Yes. Yeah. What a hot piece of garbage that was. It was too, it was too. There was just too many things going on. It was too overly complicated. Like I like the, I like the idea of the part, like the guy with the fisherman's hat and stuff like that. But then they threw all this crap underneath it, which was, it was just too much. Just hot, hot garbage. Hot garbage. Okay, we could probably go on about this for another three, four hours, and I think maybe we'll come back and do another list sometime where yeah. we're just like, what? but I do want to uh, sort of wrap it up. I want to thank you again for coming on and talking about um, cars and the future transportation. I agree with you. I think green is the way to go, and I also want to say that green is the way to go in sports logos because the Hartford Whalers logo is still number one. <laughs> still number one eh? yeah it is it is it is one of the best uh popular north american uh symbols man i i, I want to see them come back we gotta get yeah, some more I would, going yeah we gotta get uh or or you know force the carolina hurricanes to just wear the hartford whalers uniforms when they're on tv exactly okay man thanks so much marco and we'll uh we'll talk to you again soon take care no problem brother this was fun have a good It's time for the dad joke of the week. Here's this week's dad joke. What's the difference between a hippo and a zippo? Well, one is really heavy. The other is a little lighter. This week's corn stream recommendation is a little different. Many uh, stories featuring the struggles that African-Americans and blacks around the world are now available for free through very many services, including the Cineplex store, if you have the Cineplex app. So stories like the recent uh, movie Just Mercy, uh, there's a documentary about Toni Morrison available. and But if you go back a little bit, there's a couple that I wanted to sort of highlight. And those would be Monsters and Men, which speaks to police brutality uh, and the African-American community. And I also want to point out Fruitvale Station, which was Ryan Coogler's first film that he did alongside Michael B. Jordan as his star that tells a horrible, horrible story, that ha- a true story that happened in Coogler's native Oakland. So I highly recommend checking out those films. Again, they are free to stream through the Cineplex app, and I highly recommend you take a look.
Well, that's our show this week. My thanks go to Marco Clavasi for joining me to chat about how hopefully green transportation uh, is the wave of the future and for sharing his thoughts on the best sports logos anywhere. I hope to see many of you rocking those Florida Mutineer t-shirts real soon. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe. Follow them wherever you get your podcasts. Email your suggestions to dltopod at gmail.com. That's dltopod at gmail.com. And of course, share, share, share. We're trying to grow the audience. We need your help with that. To hear the enhanced edition, please listen to us on the Anchor app at anchor.fm backslash dlto. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands. Bye for now.